Chapter Eight of Geoffrey the Knight and the Fair Brunisande by Jean Bernard Marie Lafon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Tola de Rougimont. Never did help come more in time of need. Returned that very morn, Tola had bound his prisoner to a stake, and four stout ploughmen, each armed with a strap, already raised their brawny arms to strike and ope the closed wounds but as Geoffrey came they stayed their hand to gaze a while at him. Nor less surprised than they, Tola, who on the castle terrace stood, descended in hot haste, and thus accosted Geoffrey. Sir knight, I fain would learn what madness or what pride hath thus conducted thee into my lands. Dismount and doff thine arms, for thou art prisoner henceforth, for I... My lord, the knight replied, methinks you practice an unseemly haste give me i beg the time to tell my errand i come to speak in favour of the knight your knaves were going to strike and i entreat you for the sake of me to grant unto them grace may heaven help me taula answered him but sure thou art distraught such words deserve the rope a peasant's death twould be a grievous wrong my lord the words being good and wise again i do repeat them praying grace for yonder knight who seven long years hath groaned go churl too long i've listed go and disarm thyself if thou wilt live and to my squires give up the girl with thee if she's dishonoured and i put to shame this arm by heaven must indeed be weak what wouldst thou fight with me e'en unto death before i suffer shame vain fool beware when on my neck i've put my shield thou'lt find but little grace mine ear quoth geoffrey hath been oft assailed by higher threats than these i do reply that by the faith of him who built this world you shall set free yon knight and to the court of good king arthur go to pay the felony you there have done or you shall fight with me till you or i be vanquished and slain knowst thou then not i fought and conquered full five hundred knights all better men than thou it may be so quoth geoffrey now for proof go get your arms and god's high will will be done no other armour proudly tola said do i require than my good lance and shield seven of thy strength might then come on and i defy you all tis madness did sir geoffrey make reply to enter fight unarmed but since your pride doth blind your senses so e'en have it as you will furious at the words taula addressed the squire go to the castle quickly as thou canst bring me my lance and shield and tell the knights i've conquered one by one to meet me here that they may witness a base peasant's death as with a single blow i do intend through shield and hauberk to find out his heart and at the instant should this not be done may i lose arms and chivalry and ladies love the squire ran quickly to the scattered camp where lodged the captive knights who all were grieving for the wounded man bound to the stake and waiting for the scourge to them he briefly said barons my lord attends you there beyond that you may see him battle with a fool who comes to seek his death mounting then speedily the castle stair amid the tears and murmurs of the dames who ceaseless mourned 
he took him down the shield and lance suspended to the rack and bore them to his lord who vaulting on his horse nor stopping to don breastplate or aught else cried in a hoarse tone come to thy death thou churl whose sight offends me sir geoffrey angered at the insult then dashed at full speed upon the haughty knight who like a lion came so fearful was the shock no saddle girth or art availed sir geoffrey down to the earth he rolled beneath the stroke but not alone for taula on his side by blow as vigorous and deftly put at the same instant fell his shield pierced through and geoffrey's lance within his side a shout of joy upsprang from those good knights good heaven but this day thou chastenest taula and dost break that pride which long hath vexed the land geoffrey meanwhile his sword within his grasp ran to fierce rougimont fast pinned to earth as though some snake he were but as he came taula in humble tone exclaimed for god's love knight oh do not end thy work for tis my folly that hath brought my death thy folly true was great sir geoffrey said but ere we part i count on curing thee too long this pride endured it must now have an end thou deemst this morn no knight was in the world who in address and strength could vie with thee most brave no doubt thou wast but thy consuming and most wicked pride exceeded far thy valour and tis a vice god neither loves nor bears thou now canst learn that but for his resolve to chasten thee this youthful arm certes less robust than thine would ne'er have cast thee down tis but the punishment for thy fierce pride the outrage thou to good king arthur didst that flower of chivalry whose uprightness god loves and thus it fares with those who seek his shame sooner or later will the knights who sit at his round table famed meet out their punishment save neath the earth they hide what they can do in fight thou mayst surmise by me a novice scarcely two months armed and who have sought thee day and night until this hour when thou dost find the guerdon of thy deeds all that thou sayest sir knight is but too true taula replied in weak and failing voice but mercy grant me as thy conquered foe as dying man and who doth yield to thee the mercy that thou prayest for thou shalt have sir geoffrey said but upon certain terms first thou shalt go to good king arthur's court there yield thyself a prisoner he will take such vengeance on thee as his honour claims that i will do but now for heaven's sake permit the leech to bind me up this wound no leech shall come nor e'er shalt thou uprise till by saint thomas thou hast let go free the knight who's bound to yonder cruel stake and all the captives thou hast ever made do as thou wilt my lord with them and me geoffrey at once did sheathe his own good blade and take the sword of taula then he allowed the squire to fetch the leech who probed his master's hurt and washed the wound with water and white wine when on a couch he had him gently laid and borne within the gates geoffrey meanwhile set free the wounded knight and having extorted from the captive lords their promise that they'd hasten to carlisle and to king arthur this affair relate 
he was about to leave them to god's care when the wounded knight lord paramount of all those gentlemen most humbly to him said good sir to you i yield and with my person offer men and lands most nobly have you won all this and more in freeing me from all the pangs i've borne for seven weary years so great those pangs so cruel was my lot better for me had death relieved my woes taula without a cause of enmity hath tortured me full long but now by god's grace and sir knight by yours at length his reign is o'er good lord responded geoffrey pray retain your having nought do i wish for your deliverance save that with these brave knights you do proceed to good king arthur's throne and there explain you owe your liberty to Dovon's son the knight such promise gave when geoffrey calling for his horse which all prepared they brought while Ogier's daughter mounted by his side he took of all farewell and then set out for the fair damsel's home his thoughts in sooth turning to brunisande towards whom he felt his heart most sweetly drawn when he had gone taula returned the knights their steeds and arms and by the compact made departed in their train for fair carlisle there they arrived upon the eleventh day the worthy king gave audience to a dame who bathed in tears her castle was to lose within a week if she no champion found to meet her foe when he had listed to her dolorous words the king aggrieved replied lady were gawain here most willingly would he defend your cause but he is not nor have i Dorn's son nor ivan bold nor any of the braves of my round table if of the knights who here surround my throne there standing one who'll venture your defence great is the honour that shall be his meed but no one made reply in vain the dame turning to the spurred heels with warmth exclaimed for heaven brave knights shall it be said a woman came to seek in this high court for aid yet found it not still no one made reply twas at this moment taula's troop appeared himself upon a gilded litter laid covered with sumptuous cloth and gently by two snowy palfreys borne five hundred knights he had in fight or thrown armed cap a pied followed in his train each mounted on a charger richly decked their lord was at their head who as they reached the king knelt humbly down before that monarch's throne and thus addressed him sire may he who for our will came down on earth which eke his blood bedewed now grant you joy and double your renown and you friend may he save the king replied but what i pray are these who seem so stout and good and what to the wounded man that litter holds my lord that man is taula taula de rougimont my lord the same geoffrey the son of Dovon bravely vanquished him and hither sends him to the queen and you so that you may my lord such vengeance take as in your wisdom you consider fit for that same outrage now two months agone he did to you heaven and earth king arthur then exclaimed how well hath geoffrey served me friend tell me truth when last you left him was he safe and sound great lord he was as doth comport such honoured and brave knight who hath nor grief nor fear 
Nought else but good can harbour with his name, and it were sweet to Lord if that his acts did not upraise him more than words can ever reach. When you shall know from what most cruel fate his valour hath snatched me, you will indeed be full of wonderment. But, but this recital must before the Queen and all her dames be made. The King at once commanded unto Quex to go and seek the Queen. The Seneschal obeyed, when meeting her. Lady, said he, if it so meet your wish, the King, your Lord and mine, bids you come and list a message brought by valiant knight who heads a great escort. The Queen at once proceeded to the hall with all her dames and damsels, and when she placed herself beside her spouse, Melian the worthy knight addressed them thus, Lady, from brave Sir Geoffrey, Dovon's son, I bring high reparation to yourself and all your train. I bring you Taula, heights of Rougimont, that you may vengeance take for the affront that he hath done to you, and for the cruelty he's heaped on me. Learn without motive, he my father slew, and me he wounded with such grievous hurt that ne'er shall I be healed. I was his captive in his castle kept, and when my wound had closed, he to a stake did have me bound, and scourged by cruel hands, until the wound again was open laid. Each month did I this martyrdom endure, which caused such dire despair throughout my lands, that thrice by day and thrice by night they gave a loose to tears and doleful cries. By heaven! exclaimed the worthy king at this, what felon act! by all the saints of heaven said the queen this was the reign of haughty pride run wild yea from the litter did taula respond i had good sooth most wicked foolish pride but i have lost it all a leech appeared who in a space most brief did work a cure i sought in vain a knight who could make head against me and i found my match never did better jouster wield a lance modest as brave and generous as good spite of my insults which did merit death sir geoffrey gave me grace and granted pardon you noble sire who are the best of kings deign but to imitate his clemency and pardon give for that most foolish crime i here did madly do the worthy king all way to good inclined his pardon freely granted to the knight. Nay more, he used such reasons with the queen, that Guinevere, as generous noble dame, her pardon likewise gave. Melian alone remained inflexible. Rejecting all entreaty, he resolved, as was his right, since his was corporal shame, that Taula should be judged by legal court. At once they called a hundred legists in, who, when they heard the cause, the following sentence did at once proclaim, Taula to Melian shall be given up, who month by month shall bind him to like stake, and by like hands on him inflict like punishment. The court doth grant this power unto Melian for seven years, with liberty, albeit in him, to set his prisoner free, when e'er he feel inclined to grant him grace. End of chapter 8